So for today's Sunday School lesson, I'm going to tell you a short story. That's the title, A Short Story, because we're going to talk about a man who, well, frankly, was short. His name was Zacchaeus. Uh, there's a song that the children used to sing, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. You've probably heard that. I'm not going to attempt to sing it for you, but basically, he is a well-known character in the Bible, partially because of his physical stature, but also because he made a pretty remarkable change in his life. Now, before we get into the story of Zacchaeus, we're going to talk a little bit about his profession. He was a tax collector. I'm going to make a guess about you, the listener. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I'm going to guess that you do not like paying taxes. I say that based on the conversations I've had with just about everybody I've ever known. There are people who really hate paying taxes. There are people who despise paying taxes. There are people who will accept the need for paying taxes. They can intellectually uh, justify the benefit of paying taxes, why in the civil society we need to pay our share. But even those people, even the people who recognize the need for paying taxes, they're not real happy come April 15th. That is not a day that we mark on the calendar as a holiday in any way. Ironically, it's the anniversary of the death of Abraham Lincoln. Now, that's probably an historical accident that the two things happen to happen on the same day. But tax day is no fun. This year, because of the pandemic, July 15th became April 15th, but really didn't make it any better. You delay the inevitable kind of thing. So I'm going to make that guess about you, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. But imagine the difference in paying taxes as we do today in America. We have some say in the government that collects those taxes. Now, your party may not be in power. The people you vote for may not win. But every couple of years, we have a chance as American citizens to go to the polling place and make some decisions about the people who are going to spend the tax money they collect. The Jews who were living in Israel during the Roman days in the first century, they didn't have that ability. In fact, when the Romans took the money, they spent it on whatever the Romans wanted to. The Romans were the conquerors. The Romans were the overlords. Uh, the people didn't just hate paying the taxes. They despised it. They despised the pagans who were taking away their livelihood. So paying taxes, if you can imagine it being worse than it is in the 21st century, it was even worse in the 1st century. And Zacchaeus was a Jew, but he was also a tax collector. And maybe the worst part of all, he was a rich tax collector. The way the Romans did it, they would get local officials, they would appoint them, give them authority to collect taxes for them uh, to a certain percent. I looked up the other day, Roman citizens paid about 3 to 5% of their income in taxes. Obviously, the conquered peoples uh, could have paid considerably more than that. But once the Romans got their cut, got their share, whatever was left over, well, that's the money that the tax collector got for being a tax collector. That was his pay. A rich tax collector could very well mean a dishonest tax collector. And that certainly would not make one very popular in one society. Well, anyway, Zacchaeus happens to live in the town of Jericho. Yes, that Jericho, the city that Joshua uh, knocked over the walls uh, when they came in, uh, when the, he fit the Battle of Jericho. It's that city. It's one of the oldest cities in the world. It's had the 
uh, some of the longest uh, residences uh, known uh, human beings staying in a particular area. It's a very, very, very old place. So Jesus is coming through the area one day. We're in the 19th chapter of the book of Luke, and certainly Jesus' reputation has preceded him. Uh, so the people have heard about this teacher who has all these radical new ideas about God and about salvation and about how many aspects of the law are going to be changed in this new age, this new dispensation. He was really causing quite a stir, and uh, by the way, he was also healing a lot of people, and so the miracle certainly attracted a lot of people. So when Jesus came into town, it was a big deal. Zacchaeus, like a lot of his fellow uh, residents of Jericho, wanted to see this guy. So let's begin reading with the first verse of chapter 19 of the book of Luke. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there was by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. As I said, by chief tax collector, he probably had other uh, collectors working for him. And once again, uh, Luke is very, very forthright in saying this, that Zacchaeus was a wealthy tax collector. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. My guess is Zacchaeus was not a popular person. Probably when he was playing sports at uh, Jericho Junior High School or wherever he went, he was probably the last one picked, being a short kid. And uh, that might have led him into the uh, field of being the tax collector. He may have had something to prove in his life that he was going to show up these people who had uh, made his life miserable when he was a younger man. Certainly, it would not have enhanced his popularity at all because the Jews who collected the taxes for the Romans, well, frankly, they were seen as traitors, people who had helped the conquering Romans. So he would not have been a popular person. And if the crowd was there by the side of the road, they were already there to see Jesus having a short guy in the back trying to get in to see, uh, to see this man coming by, they would not have gotten out of his way. So I think this verse kind of tells us that he probably was not a very popular figure in Jericho. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And this again, the, uh, the action that is uh, uh, commemorated in the song that the children sing about him, climbing up the sycamore tree so he can get a better view. He has to get a little elevation there because the tall people are around him. So far, so good. The remarkable thing about the story is what happens next. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. A miracle. Jesus has not been here before. Jesus didn't know who Zacchaeus was. They, didn't, they hadn't invented name tags yet, so Jesus wouldn't have known him by that. But there's an urgency. Something needed to be done. And notice the way Jesus phrases this. I must stay at your house today. When Jesus has this need to do something, there's something very special in this action. Jesus knows really what's going on in the head of this little man who's watching him from the tree. Now, being a tax collector, and as I said, being a wealthy one, certainly we would suspect that the man might have been dishonest. Certainly, the people around him didn't like him very much. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So Zacchaeus is honored, obviously, that this guest to his city 
wants to stay with him. But here's where the public reaction comes in. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. That's how Zacchaeus was known. That was his nickname in the city. He was known as a sinner. Why? Well, because he had betrayed his own people. He had taken up this filthy tax money for the Romans, probably made uh, the Jews suffer for having to give him this money. He's living a life of luxury, and they call him a sinner. Whenever people are muttering about you, that's not a good sign. People like you, they speak up, they tell you directly to your face, you're a great guy, that kind of thing. But when people are muttering, uh, that is not a sign of popularity at all. The people are criticizing Jesus because he's spending his time with a sinner. Certainly, when the Son of God comes to your town, when this representative of God on earth is in your town, he ought to spend his time with the holy people. He ought to go to the rabbis, the priests. He ought to be hanging around with the good guys. Instead, he goes to the home of somebody whose luxuries had been paid for, they felt, by cheating, by taking money away from the hardworking Jews. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Well, giving away half your stuff, well, that A tells me that he was a pretty wealthy man, that he would be able to afford to keep on living with half of what he had. But also, it's not just a change in lifestyle that we're talking about here. This is a change of attitude. Oftentimes, people who are greedy, um, it's not the amount of money they have. It's the importance that making money and keeping money has in their lives. The money controls them. In this story, Zacchaeus has taken control of his own life. He has made a decision that something is more important than collecting the money, and that is doing the right thing by the poor and the needy. This has been Jesus' message all along. Certainly, before Jesus even got to uh, Jericho, Zacchaeus and the people around him had heard of the message. They heard about this man who's talking about the poor and the needy, taking care of them, all these things. Certainly, the essence of Jesus' message had already reached Zacchaeus because, well, here he is. Before Jesus asks him to do anything except let him go into his house, he makes this immediate pronouncement. He's going to give half of what he has to the poor. Secondly, he may have had a bit of a guilty conscience. He may have uh, had a feeling that some of the money that he took might have been taken incorrectly. Or perhaps this is just his way of saying, I've been very honest with it. I'm not going to owe anybody anything. The rabbis of the time uh, apparently had felt that if you had cheated somebody out of something, that you owed them uh, not only the money that you had taken from them directly, but also you had needed to make a little extra repayment. In other words, you would have to pay back about three times what you took. Zacchaeus goes even one step further. He says, I will give back four times the amount of anything I took in the wrong way. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. Well, certainly Zacchaeus, being a Jew, has been claiming all of his life to be a son of Abraham. He's part of the tribe. He's part of the, the body of people who claim to be the children of God. 
the people around him, uh, because of his uh, work with the Romans, his collusion with the Romans, have already tried to take that away from him. But Jesus says that now this man too is a son of Abraham, and salvation has come to this home. Jesus recognizes a turnaround, a change in this man's personality. The cynical side of me says, well, people don't change. The cynical side of me says, people who have once shown you their true colors, well, you pretty much have to accept that's the kind of people they are. Jesus didn't accept that people were as bad as they had been. Jesus accepted the idea that people could change, that bad could become good, that dishonest people could turn to a life of honesty, that greedy people could become generous. That's what's happening here, and this is why he must go to that home for this transformation to take place. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Again, Jesus has used this explanation before. He'll use it again. This is why he spends his time with the people that we were think of, would uh, we would think of as the reprobates, the bad people, the people that were called the sinners. These are the people who needed Jesus's forgiveness the most. These are the people that Jesus was reaching out to. And today as Christians, if we are to try to emulate what Jesus was doing, if we're trying to carry on the work that he was doing in his society more than 2,000 years ago, where do we spend our energies? Where are we to spend our time, our efforts? Well, in the same kind of area, the people who need us, not the people who already fine, who seem to be doing well, but the people who are really in need of this message. And that was a short story. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for having faith in us, having confidence in us, and having a belief in us that even though we may do bad things, we have the chance of becoming good people, that change is possible. Help us to take this message to all that we see this week. In Christ's name, amen.